Wow, praise God. In 1848, a 13-year-old boy came to America from Scotland, soon found a job to where he was working six days a week and 12-hour days at a cotton mill. And then not long after that, he got a job at the Pennsylvania Railroad Company. Kept working extremely hard, and um, with each job that he got, the older he got, he soon got into investing. And then he soon started into the steel industry. That man was Andrew Carnegie. Andrew Carnegie, founder of the Pittsburgh Carnegie Steel Company, eventually his investment sold for over 100, in today's dollars, for over $120 billion. Amazing, isn't it? Andrew Carnegie, Benjamin Franklin, Michael Jordan, Archie Griffin, Bill Gates, Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, they all have at least two things in common, very successful. They all have come from rags-to-riches type backgrounds and stories. And they're all people with incredible drive. And what causes some people to be successful like that? What causes some people to have that incredible drive to just to have that internal driven mentality? Next Sunday, we're having Jay Richardson, former Buckeye, uh, former NFL uh, star, come speak to us. And I'm anxious. There's a man there who has known some success. There's a man who has had to have a degree of driven in his life. And I'm anxious to hear what God has to say through him. It, would, it was actually, though, through a former, another former Buckeye that I got the idea for this message. Um, when we pastored in Columbus several years ago, we had our kids enrolled at the Shepherd Nazarene uh, School there. There's a Nazarene church. They had a Christian school, and we had our kids enrolled there. And this gentleman here, Stan White, former Buckeye player, he came to give his testimony that day to the kids. Stan White was a highly touted linebacker back in 2002, but unfortunately for him, he ran into some up-and-coming young players named A.J. Hawk and Bobby Carpenter and, and Anthony Schlegel. Some of you may remember those names. They went on to play in the NFL. But that day, Stan White talked about the three things that all successful people do in life. And he said that all successful people display what he called the three P's in life. Now just hang in there with me on this message, and we're going we're to hit these real quick. The first P is passion. All successful people in life have passion. Now, if I were to ask you uh, what comes to mind or who comes to mind whenever you think of passion, is there an individual or is there someone that really displays that? To me, there is one of the names that came to my mind was this gentleman right here. You know who that is. Some of you know who that is. Steve Jobs, co-founder, chairman, and former chief executive officer of Apple Incorporated, also co-founder and chief executive officer of Pixar Animation. Did not know that. Steve and his innovation in Apple computer and iPhones and everything I has not just revolutionized our country, it has revolutionized the world. 
Steve passed away a number of years ago, a few years ago, at the age of 56, incredibly young, died of cancer. Shortly after his death, Steve's official biographer described him as, quote, the creative entrepreneur whose passion for perfection and ferocious drive revolutionized six industries, personal computers, animated movies, music, phones, tablet computing, and digital publishing. You see, all successful people in life are people of passion. Nothing worth having in life can be done without having passion. You see, this can even apply to us in the church. What are you doing in the church? Sunday school teacher, singer, instrumentalist, cafe worker, those who even work on the sound or back up in that area, those who help with the various things of the church, children's workers, youth workers. If you're an elder, if you're a deacon, are you passionate about what God has called you to do? You see, when you're passionate about something, your life will show it. Your actions, your words, your thoughts, where you spend your time, what you spend your time on, all successful people are passionate. That was the first thing that Stan said that day. The second thing he said, persistence. Successful people are persistent. I don't know of anyone who isn't afraid of failure, but failure is just a part of life, isn't it? If you think about it, the very first time you tried to walk, you fell. The very first time you tried to swim, you almost drowned. Uh, the very first time you swing, you tried to swing at a, at a baseball, you probably miss. This guy here is known for his incredible baseball heroics. He struck out 1,330 times, though, but he had 714 home runs. This next guy we all know, everyone knows him, Michael Jordan. Listen to this quote by Michael Jordan. He said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been called upon to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. He never let failure stop him. Some are even motivated by failure to work even harder. You might be in one of these three categories. I don't know where you're at in life, but people who never really succeed or make it in life never make it because they tried, they failed, and they never tried again. People who are mediocre in life became mediocre because they settled for some level of comfort and never tried anything else. But people who are successful are successful because despite their failures, they kept trying until they achieved success. This too can be applied to the church. I was taken to this verse in Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Jesus said, keep asking. And it will be given to you. Keep searching and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who searches finds. And to the one who knocks the door will be opened. I ask you this morning, believer, what area of your life 
do you need to be more persistent in? What are you wanting God to do for you? What need have you been asking God for, but he has yet to answer? I'm sure I'm talking to someone like that in here. Be persistent. Keep asking. Keep searching. Keep knocking until he answers. Getting through these quickly, the third P that Stan White talked about that day is patience. Shelley, patience, right? We talked about patience. Shelly walked in this morning, and I asked her how she was doing, and I believe where things are at, she's waiting for her doctor to release her and give her the okay so she can move ahead with some surgeries uh, on the hip area. Is that kind of what we're looking at? And how long have you been waiting now on this news? Since May. She just laughed. That just tells you the, uh, the exasperation that she's feeling. Successful people know they must be patient and allow life's opportunities to open up for them. If you're, that, if you're a baseball fanatic, you know who this guy is here as well. Lou Gehrig, known for his incredible baseball accomplishments as well. Listen to all of this. Has the most career grand slams with 23. 1,995 RBIs. His batting average, which this is incredible, I have a bit of knowledge with this. Incredible batting average through his career is 340. Amazing. Played 17 seasons and seven-time All-Star player. Won the American League MVP in 1927 and in 1936. Was the Triple Crown winner in 1934. That meant that year he led the American League in batting average, home runs, and RBIs. But he's mainly known for the number of consecutive games that he played in a row. He played in 2,130 consecutive games. A record that lasted for about 56 years until Cal Ripken Jr. broke it. Now one would think that someone as a standing of a player as Lou Gehrig was would have started from day one, wouldn't you? But he didn't. He joined the Yankees in 1923, but mainly sat the bench. But on June 1st, Two years later, in 1925, the first baseman, Wally Pipp, got injured. Some of you know those names. Wally Pipp got injured, and Lou Gehrig got his break, and he never looked back for 2,000 and some odd games later. Understand that God does not move on our timetable, but the Bible says that God is a God of patience, and many times he requires us to display patience, developing faith, in us at the same time. I am going to read this verse. We don't like to hear this verse, especially. How many of you have prayed for patience and then afterwards you're thinking, what on earth did I pray for that for? <laughs> James 1 1 through 3. James, the bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And here we go, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Sometimes God has to let difficulties and trials stick around for a while in order to allow patience to have its perfect work. So, 
successful people will display these three P's in life, passion, persistence, and patience. Now, some of you may be saying, Pastor Brock, sounds like something from a Zig Ziglar motivational talk, right? Or Marty Robbins, not Marty, Tony Robbins. Marty Robbins is a singer, I think. Yeah, Tony Robbins is a motivational speaker. I mean, they could be up here giving this speech and not a sermon. And I would say that you are right. But I'm not through. That day when we heard Stan White speak, he made an ending point that I'll never forget. Stan was a part of the 2002 National Championship team for the Buckeyes, and he told of the passion and the persistence and the patience that that year's team had to have. He talked about how hard it was to go through the season undefeated, winning most games by approximately three points or less. Every game was about like that. It was crazy. He talked about how great it was to, sorry, beat that team up north, Shelley. In order to get to the championship game, he talked about the incredible feeling of exhilaration when they beat Miami to win it all. Many of his childhood memories were fulfilled that day. And even though he was just a a freshman, Stan White was a part of something successful. Something that no one could take away. But then he told us of what happened to him on the way back from the national championship game. He said something that produced a fourth P. He said less than 24 hours after the game, they had flown back from their game with Miami and they'd flown into the Columbus airport. There was a large crowd there that had gathered to welcome them and to cheer them and congratulate them. And there was one guy, he, Stan White said he was walking right beside Coach Trestle, and there was one guy, as they were walking through the crowd, one guy, hadn't even been 24 hours since the game had ended, and one guy yelled out, said, Hey, Coach, are you ready to do it again next year? Stan was dumbfounded. He said because their team had dedicated everything that year to the three P's of passion and persistence and patience to win it all. Yet before they could even enjoy it, the glory and the glitter began to just kind of fade away. And it was on that day that Stan realized that living life without this fourth P, life would be meaningless. The fourth P. Purpose. Purpose. I should have just stopped after you all were done testifying, I think. You, you don't catch anything I say, but you catch that, don't you? Love your heart. <laughs> Purpose. Purpose. All right. If you think about it, without purpose, what do you have in life? Life has no real meaning, does it? You see, millions and millions today are trying to find their purpose in the financial world, in the business world, sports trying to reach the pinnacle in sports, 
maybe educational or higher intellect learning, the medical world. Many of our Hollywood stars, and I can tell you we can see this today in Hollywood, many of our Hollywood stars, they've reached success, but so many of them are involved with humanitarian-type causes, you know, or maybe to help uh, stop hunger or feed the hungry or, or whatever it might be, whatever humanitarian. Why is that? Because they're looking for purpose. They're looking for something that will satisfy the inner recesses of the heart and of the soul. They're looking for that fourth P. They've done the three Ps, but the fourth they're looking for. They're trying to find purpose in everything but God, but I'm here to tell you that there's only one person who can give you the ultimate purpose and meaning in life, and that is the person of Jesus Christ. I love the way the message, it is a translation, kind of have to be careful when you do read it, but I love the translation of the message of Ephesians 1, 11. It says this, For it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us, had designs on us, for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. Isn't that good? That's just a great way to just put it all together. You see, without this last P, you and I will not be truly successful, nor will we find true peace and contentment in life. Last week we talked about spending our time on things that last forever. You see, anyone can be successful displaying the three Ps. It can be successful just about anything. Remember we talked about, I think it was Fang Yang, the one who set 16 Guinness World Records with blowing bubbles. <laughs> anyone can be successful, but that does not mean that you'll be truly fulfilled, nor that your efforts will last forever. I do have to tell this quick story. I'll, I'll never forget Walter Payton, one of the greatest running backs to ever play the game. In the NFL, for many, many years, they were desperately trying to get to the Super Bowl. Back in 1985, the Chicago Bears finally won the Super Bowl. Walter Payton had reached the pinnacle, the top of the mountain. He had won it all. And not long after he had won the Super Bowl, he was quoted as saying, Is this all there is? I thought it would be much more than this. It's such short-lived. He said, I've given my life for something that's lasted for just a little bit of time. Look, I have said this before. As I was preparing this message, I had to ask myself, what is my purpose? Well, you're a pastor. That's easy, right? I mean, your purpose is to preach. Your purpose is to you know, serve the church. Your purpose is to be a servant. Your purpose is to... No... Why am I here? Why are you here? And I came back to a passage. A passage in Matthew. You see, a lawyer was trying to trick Jesus. A lawyer from the Pharisees, they were trying to trick Jesus. And uh, they asked Jesus a very simple question. I'm not sure how they were trying to trick him with this, but this is what it says. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And as I read this passage the other day, as I read it again almost for the first time, I thought that's it. That's my purpose. Sometimes, church, we need to be reminded of what our purpose is. Sometimes we go through life and we forget what our purpose is. My main purpose is not to be a pastor. It's not to be a husband or a father. My main goal in life, my main purpose in life, is to love the Lord my God. He's a personal God. Is to love the Lord my God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, and with all of my mind. That's my purpose. That should be your purpose. And my second purpose is to love others, to help others, to show you, to show those around me, to show others how to love the Lord their God with all of their heart, with all their soul, with all of their mind. You see, church, everything else and anything else in life is just secondary. And I feel... Sometimes we get too wrapped up in the secondary issues of life, forgetting what our main purpose is. And I end with this illustration this morning. William Whiting Borden, some of you may recognize that name. He uh, is associated with the Borden Food Company that you probably are familiar with. That man right there was born in 1887. He was the son and the heir of the Borden Company and the heir of the family fortune. They were millionaires uh, many times over back the turn of the century. But through the ministry of D.L. Moody, William accepted Jesus Christ early in his life. And he could have had the life of luxury. He could have had all that the world had to offer, but he chose another path. He wanted to become a missionary in Egypt. He wanted to be a missionary to the Muslims there. He knew that he had all the money that he could ever want. It was at his fingertips But he did not want money to taint his purpose in life. For that very reason, he did not allow himself to get a car when he lived in Cairo. He did not buy his own home. He lived with the locals there. And he rode a bike and walked everywhere that he went. Given his life to minister to the Muslims there in Egypt. But at the age of 25... He died of spinal meningitis, spinal meningitis, 25, 25. Many people would say, what a waste, what a waste. I end with this, listen to this. 
After his death, his Bible was found and given to his parents. And in one section of his Bible, they found these words, no reserve. And there was a date written beside those two words, and the date placed it shortly after he renounced his fortune for mission work. And another place of his Bible, a date shortly after he was diagnosed with spinal meningitis, these words were found. No retreat. And then not long before he passed away, these words were found. No regrets. You see, William Borden in his life, he chose passion. He chose persistence. He chose patience. But he also chose purpose in Jesus Christ. Purpose that allowed him to write in his Bible, no reserve, no retreat, no regrets. Listen, folks, it's easy to go through life without any real purpose. It's even easy to go through life in church. to be a worker in the church, to do this, to do that in the church, and forget your purpose. What's your purpose today? Dick, come on up. Yeah. Stan White that day at uh, Shepherd Nazarene Church, he was a follower of Jesus Christ, and that was the day that turned his life around whenever he realized that the things of this world, the temporal things of this world, the pinnacle of success is just fleeting. Without having a purpose in Jesus Christ, nothing lasts. Nothing else matters. Where are you at today? What's your purpose? Maybe you need to sure up your purpose this morning. Would you bow your heads, please? God, thank you for today. Thank you for the message. Lord, I thank you for the testimonies that we had before the message. And God, I thank you because everyone was praising you for various things. We thank you, God, for that. You are a God. You are a good God. You are a God of mercy and love, patience, gentleness, kindness. But Lord, this morning, may we be reminded of what our true purpose is in life. Oh God, we're surrounded by people every day. God, we can turn the TV on right at this second and, and see people that are driven by the three P's of life. God, today is officially the kickoff day of the NFL. And God, if we're ever seeing passion, it's now. But oh God, may we not look to those things to find our purpose in life. God, may we find our purpose in you. To love the Lord, our God, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. Lord, maybe there's someone here this morning that's gotten away from that. They've made secondary things first. And they've allowed you to slip aside. God, if there's someone here that needs to reestablish you as the purpose of their life, I pray they would do that today, this morning. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand, please?
Number 475. 475. Since Jesus gave his life for me, should I not give him mine? I'm consecrated, Lord, to thee. I shall be wholly thine. My life, O Lord, I give to thee. My talents, time, and all. I'll serve thee, Lord, and faithful be. I'll hear thy faintest call. I care not where my Lord directs. His purpose I'll fulfill. I know He everyone protects who does His holy will. My life, O oh Lord, I give to Thee my time.